and welcome to Life After Sunday, a podcast ministry of Sunnyvale First Baptist Church. I'm Ed Petty along with Aaron. Aaron, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm back. You I missed back. the uh, the one last week, but I'm or Jason a couple weeks ago, but I'm I'm here. We missed you. I'm missed ready. You. I'm ready it to was, do it. Uh, just and he actually sat in your chair, so oh, we look just at that. went across. Well, and good for was, him. Yeah. The whole other side of the room was <laughs> empty, and we also obviously have our pastor, Dr. Darren Biles. How are you doing, Pastor? I am well. Thank you for inviting me back. Yeah. Great to have you back. Great Sunday yesterday. Easter Sunday. Mm, it was fabulous. Amen. It was one year ago that we had our first episode of Life After Sunday. Is, so yeah. congratulations, one That's year right. old yeah. the podcast. If I had the buttons to push on a board, you'd I'm so grateful to the two of you guys for this podcast. Mm. I love the idea. I like the, the, the shows that y'all have done. This has been a great ministry of our church. It has been. Yeah, this been is great. actually episode 36. Yeah. And our Easter episode last year was actually episode three. But the premise of yeah. the show is life after Sunday. And that's right? kind of what we were started thinking yeah. was a lot of people just come to church on Easter Sunday. And what do you do after that? So here we are one year later, and we are going to talk about what happened yesterday. And that is Easter Sunday. So let's just get right to it. Pastor, why do we celebrate Easter? Well, this is my favorite Sunday of the year, and, and it is typically the largest attended worship service of the year. I read a statistic this week that 80% of Americans celebrate Easter with their families, and that's awesome. Uh, we, we celebrate Easter because that's the day when, uh, when we celebrate the resurrection of Christ, but more importantly than just the fact that Jesus rose from the dead, it's what Jesus accomplished in the resurrection, the completion of our salvation, the fulfillment of biblical prophecy. So, the resurrection validates Jesus's ministry. So mm-hmm. everything Jesus said he would do, then having accomplished on the cross and through the resurrection. So surely had Jesus promised he would rise from the dead, and then were he to not have risen from the dead, then he'd have been a false prophet. Um, but the fact that Jesus foreshadowed his death and resurrection, and then the completion of it really solidifies our faith. And one of my favorite passages about the resurrection is when Jesus is talking to the two guys on the road to Emmaus shortly after the resurrection, and they're discussing the events that had just taken place around the death and the burial of, 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 of Jesus. And then they were talking about reports of a resurrection to which Jesus said, You foolish men, you're slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for Christ to suffer these things to come into his glory? And then beginning with Moses and the prophets, Jesus explained to them all the things written about himself in Scripture. Now, I always love that that phrase, just the thought of that, just, you know, what would it be like that Bible lesson, yeah. Uh, Jesus and those two guys, mm-hmm. and they're just walking on a road, and, and he's explaining to them mm-hmm. everything the Bible said about him mm-hmm. and showing the integration of prophecy and, and fulfillment. And so to that, Paul in 1 Corinthians 15 really poses the question, what difference does it make that, that Jesus rose from the dead? And Paul concludes, look, if Christ is not risen, our preaching is useless, your faith is useless, 
But then Paul says, but Christ is risen from the dead, and he mm-hmm. validated mm-hmm. Old Testament prophecy, confirming his own words. He validates our faith, our message, and the life that we have in Christ. So I, I love the fact that people come on Easter. I, I love the fact that it's a big celebration for families, and the fact that we have such an, a, a large attendance affirms the value of faith, right. and, and hopefully— we, we, we trust that God was able to not just glorify himself, but to speak truth to people because we celebrate the resurrection of Christ. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm glad you went the First Corinthians route. That's what I was thinking of whenever you were just talking about that. And Paul says that we're most to be pitied if Christ has not risen That's from right. the dead. Because, because that we're is, talking about something that didn't happen. It's the, it is the thing in which we have faith in yep. is this whole world we live in being made new, and that starts with Christ's resurrection. Mm-hmm. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he's the last one to see the risen Christ. Well, that's right. And and, and Paul talks and he was about blinded. the fact... <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. right. Yeah. Paul talks about himself as a physical yeah. witness right. to right. the resurrection yeah. of Christ. That's exactly right. right. Yeah. So being on staff... Um, one of the first things we do toward like when we start doing calendaring for the year is we look at when is Easter because yep. that, that is Easter and Christmas are the two big, you know, that's, that's when a lot of people show up. Mm-hmm. And so we want to make sure everything's you know, looking good on campus, those kinds of things. Uh, but when we, every time we do it, Easter's always on a different day. Yeah. And so why is that? Why does that change in the calendar year to year? Yeah, it's, it's interesting and, and fun in the calendar process. Like you say, yeah. of course, Christmas is on the same day right. every year, December 25. Right. And, yeah. and you remember, uh, last year, Christmas fell on Sunday, right. and and so I made a point in, in the sermon to say, hey, you know, this year Christmas falls on Sunday, but remember, Easter also falls on Sunday, yes. yeah, because yes. Easter's <laughs> always on Sunday, right. but the date's different every year, Yeah, and, and that's always been something of an enigma. It's a fun conversation, because technically, Easter can fall anywhere between March 22nd and April 25. Yes. Wow. Has it ever uh, fallen that late before? It has. It's it's rare. I would, oddly, the most common date, I don't know why I know this oh, information, the most common date for Easter this. is April yeah. 16 and March 31. I don't know why. So I have a, if I may interject, a yeah. kind of a vested interest in this because my birthday fall is in those parameters. Okay. Right. I was born on Easter, Easter Sunday. Really? Wow. But I have only had my birthday on Easter one time. I'm getting ready to turn 55. Okay. I've only had my birthday on Easter one time, and it was when I was seven. So you know how, like, the calendar of Vance and yep. blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I was, it was my seventh birthday. I have not had one since. Mm-hmm. Not since. And yet I have a nephew who his birthday is in in uh, April, and he's already, I think, had once or twice. And my sister found somewhere online where she could see Easter Sundays or whatever, and he's yeah, got another projected. one coming up. But my sister did tell me, I think if I live to be like 80-something or 90-something, I'll hit it again. All right. Okay. But, All right. So there we go. It's but coming. It's your, yeah. But it, yeah, it's yeah. coming. That's your reason to get that far in life. Yeah, <laughs> Holding out. Goal, goals in life. But yeah. doesn't it have something to do with the Equinox calendar? Okay. Yes. That's, okay. that's actually true. Ask, and I only, who's and determining I, when this is? And I only learned that at a young age because I said, why? That's so good. Before you go any further, I always, this is just my imagination. I just thought there was like a council of people that decided when Easter was, and then everybody else gets to know later. You're both right. Okay, Okay, here we go. All right, so you would think that Easter would have a fixed date like like Christmas, right? but actually Easter is determined by the Jewish calendar. Okay. Okay. Uh, So the short answer is... The date of Easter changes because the date of Passover changes every year. Okay. Right. 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 So right. 
The date of Passover is set by the Jewish calendar, but now here's the confusion. The Jewish calendar is based on lunar cycles. Okay. Whereas right, yes. Uh, That's right. Uh, other calendars are based on solar calendars. Okay, right. so now you got two different calendar dating. So that's that's part of the problem. Now, Aaron, to your point, there was a council, the Council of Nicaea, okay. 325, that actually did determine the official date for Easter, and it is around the spring equinox. So here's the weird thing, and, and, and it's confusing, but I'll try, to, uh, I'll try to simplify as much as I can. All right, so since the Bible describes the crucifixion and resurrection after Passover— mm-hmm then it has to be after Passover. Mm-hmm. Okay. And since Jesus rose on Sunday, Christians wanted to celebrate it on Sunday. So early Christians established the celebration of Easter as the first Sunday after the first full moon, sometimes called a Paschal moon, mm-hmm. Okay, following the spring equinox. Got it. Mm. All right. So after the spring equinox, which is the time when the length of day and the length of evening right. is the same. Is, same that's amount when of we time do our time change, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So it's after the spring equinox and after that first full moon, the first Sunday. So it could be anywhere between March 22nd and April 25. And so that's, it is, it was a council of believers right. and it was related to the equinox mm. and, and why they settled on that is fascinating. But best part, Sunday, we celebrate the resurrection. Amen. Well, and yeah. I kind of, I, I, I thought, well, maybe is it, you know, kind of like Mother's Day, second, second mm-hmm. Sunday, Father's mm-hmm. Day, third. Right. Thanksgiving, last Thursday, but uh, what was the date again you said most common, April 16th? April 16th and March 31. March 31. March 31 as well. Wow. Because I'm April 14th. My nephew's birthday is the 17th, so we're right there close to it. So we're holding out till you're 90 for the next one. Yeah, Yeah, I'll have to look it up and see what it is again, but it's it's way on up there. I'll high five you when that happens. All right, yeah, we'll do that. We'll have a party. We'll have a celebration. (laughs) That's interesting, because when you get into April, people always say, oh, that's a late Easter. Yeah. But it seems like that's right in the middle. Like this year should be right in the middle of when it should be. Well, and you said the 31st. Anytime it's in March, people all go, oh, it's It's early. early. But if March 31st is one of the common dates, it's like, (laughs) where have you been? Yeah, right. This happens a lot. Now we know. Now we know. (laughs) Yeah. So this year, of course, Easter was on April 9th. Mm -hmm. Next year, Easter will fall on March 31st. Wow. Look at that. That's crazy. That is wild. Okay. So. I'll give you a twist on the entertainment industry. But that's early, early Easter. <laughs> and, I, and the only thing I can think is this is because of what people give up for Lent. But yeah. in the inter, in the mobile and DJ industry, we always look to see when Easter is because the busy season starts the week after Easter. Mm. It doesn't matter. It doesn't Whenever matter if Easter it's is. in March. It doesn't matter if it ends up, you know, being end of towards the end of April. Right. It's it's just business as usual. And then once Easter happens, get ready, Katie, bar the door. It's going to be busy all the way this summer. Yeah, wow. Interesting. And so obviously we need to uh, get ready. Right. We're, our busy season's going to start early next yeah, year. Right. Yeah. yeah interesting. Early next year. So I, it, it, God is just cool the way that He like fabricated this to work out where Easter is in the spring yeah. time because in 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 literature in in reading in themes and writing um spring and and even in filmmaking spring is always used as a metaphor for new life and new birth right, right. right. And so it's interesting that God would have passover yeah. happen 
right. during the springtime, knowing thousands of years later that the, what Jesus would do was resurrect. Right. That yeah, weekend. that's right. You that, think that's, about, that's awesome. You think about uh, the harvest season, the rain season, life, yeah. uh, green and, and, and everything uh, vibrant again. Mm-hmm. And, and that's part of the symbolism of, of life in yeah. Christ. Yeah, that's awesome. So it seems that every time you have a Christian holiday or a Christian gathering or whatever, anything, it always gets twisted around to like, well, this is a pagan holiday and Easter is no exception. Why do some claim that Easter has pagan roots? You know, I've heard that claim, I guess, all of my life. The actual truth behind that claim is that claim is based more on tradition than it is based on evidence. Uh There are some who claim that Easter has some Saxon pagan holiday associated with it, actually from a holiday that they, or from a pagan deity named Istra, a goddess of spring. Um, Actually, very little evidence exists that there ever was a celebration related to this goddess of Istra. Some claim there's a Sumerian legend. Others, oddly enough, point to a Bible passage in Jeremiah 44, Mm -hmm. where the Bible talks about the queen of heaven. And, and they point to that as, as some kind of pagan origin for Easter. Uh, but the reality is all of those theories are really just that. They're, they're theories with very little evidence. There's, there's little evidence to any pagan roots to Easter at all, and none related to the practice of Easter in the Christian faith. So the theory of pagan roots of Easter actually date back to a guy named Venerable Bede. Venerable is a title. He's typically described as saint or Venerable Bede, who is an 8th century historian and Catholic scholar. And and he did make that claim, but he didn't give any evidence for it. Mm -hmm. But now we know that the celebration of Easter dates back as early as the 2nd century, so Christians soon after the resurrection of Christ were celebrating Easter and the resurrection. So, no, I I do not believe Easter has pagan roots. However, even if it did, which I don't believe it does, but even if it did have pagan roots associated to its origin, that has nothing to do with the practice of Mm -hmm. Easter and the resurrection. So so it's an interesting claim. No, I do not believe it does. I'm not persuaded. I've not seen evidence that suggests that. Even if it did, it doesn't change how and why we practice the celebration Mm -hmm. of of Easter. Yeah, that's good. That's right. So with the celebration of Easter, and we just talked about the resurrection and why it is that we celebrate Easter and whatnot, with him having to be resurrected means that Jesus has to die. So why does he have to die? Well, it's a great question. It really is central to our faith as well as our understanding about Easter. The short answer is Jesus didn't have to die. He chose to die. Mm. And, and, And that's where we take our confidence in Jesus Christ, as well as recognize his sacrifice. Uh, However, the Bible says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. That's Hebrews 9.22. So the sacrifice of blood was required because life is in the blood. And from the Old Testament sacrificial system, sin was atoned through the shedding of blood. That was the that was the whole purpose of the sacrificial system. But the problem with the sacrificial system is it was a temporary covering. It covered it. It didn't yeah. take sin away. Right. And so when the Bible says, Behold the Lamb of God, this is John identifying Jesus in John 1, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away 
the sin of the world. He's connecting both metaphors, the Old Testament metaphor of the covering of sin with the New Testament completion of Jesus, not just covering sin, but taking it away. So Jesus had to die to pay the price for our sin because Mm -hmm. the atonement of sin required a perfect sacrifice. But we're imperfect. The Bible says we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So we can't pay the price for our sin. So it required a sinless sacrifice. So in this case, a sinless Savior, Christ, who then died for our sin. So let's talk about Good Friday for yeah. just a minute. And in, in your sermon that you had the week before, your Palm Sunday, I loved it when you said Friday's coming. We always talk about Sunday's coming, yeah. Sunday's coming. Yeah. But you said Friday's coming. You had to have the death. Yeah. You had to have the crucifixion to be able to get to the resurrection. Yeah. Why is it, if it's such a dark day with death, yeah. why is it called Good Friday? Good. And, and, and thanks for picking up on my SM Lockridge reference there. A few people caught that because <laughs> SM Lockridge had a famous sermon. It's Friday, but Sunday's coming. Right. right. Yeah. And right. And you usually hear that. Right. You hear everybody all say the time. that. Yeah. All I'm, I'm going to give credit sermon. where credit is due. Yep. You're the first person that I ever heard say Me too. Friday's coming. Well, yeah. yeah. I, I was like, what? Well, it was intentionally a play on that, and a few people picked up on that, and I smiled even when a few people (laughs) grinned when I said it. My point was, it's Sunday when everybody's praising him, but Friday will be the day when your your, your confidence, your praise is put to the test. But yeah, we call Friday Good Friday, and you know, for believers... Maybe you think, well, shouldn't it be called Bad Friday? Right, or Dark Friday. Or dark or Friday. Sad Friday yeah, or something. Because, yeah, because you know, Jesus is, is, is tried, he's, he's persecuted, he's, he's put on a cross, whipped, and all the pain of that. Why, why is that good? And, and really the short answer is because on Friday, Jesus paid the price for our sin. So the good that God brought came from his sacrifice. So the key mm-hmm. is understanding who Jesus is, why he came into the world. So he's not just another human. He's God in human flesh. Remember, Jesus says, anybody who's seen me has seen the Father. So right. the reason Christ came is to deal with mankind's greatest problem, sin. Mm-hmm. And so on the cross, Jesus is doing just that. He is paying the price for my sin, for our sin. He's not paying for something he deserved, but because of his sacrifice, we have life in Christ. And so maybe there's somebody listening right now who has never by faith trusted in Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and sacrifice of Jesus on that Good Friday covers your sin. Yeah, last week when you were preaching through the triumphal entry in Matthew, while you were preaching, I read on a little bit in the Matthew, so at least I was reading the Bible. Reading while you, ahead. While, while, while reading you thank ahead. you for paying attention. Yeah, <laughs> because, because you made the statement that they are praising him as the Messiah entering into mm-hmm. Jerusalem. He is the triumphal king that they've been waiting for. Right. Yet what they want him to do is to, is to kick Rome out of Jerusalem yep. and have a military conquest to get their land back essentially is what they want and it's just so interesting that the way that matthew records it is that jesus comes in and the crowds are saying this is the prophet jesus from nazareth of galilee they're Mm -hmm. saying this is who he is he's here hosanna the one we've been waiting for he's come and then in the next verses the thing that he does next is jesus enters into the temple and he drives everybody out He's the king they've been waiting for to drive out Rome, and he drives everybody out of the temple mm-hmm. who's selling goods for their own purposes. Yeah, making a says, mockery. He says, this is supposed to be a house of prayer. That's right. And it's, that's just a, a 
waiting. He's like mm-hmm. that. That starts the yep. Friday's coming. Yeah, really. They, now the, they want to kill him. <laughs> really, the second time Jesus <laughs> Jesus cleansed the temple early on in Jesus' ministry, he yeah. brought a whip. Yeah, that's and, right. And he's whipping them and cleansing mm-hmm. the temple. This time he's overturning tables. Not quite the peaceful picture of a guy riding a donkey right. into the city. Yeah, it's a contrast. Um, but but yeah, he he. He was a king. Ironically, they're waiting for a king. He is the king, just not the king they anticipated or mm-hmm. really even wanted. Yeah, uh, because they wanted somebody who would be an earthly king and, you know, restore victory for for them. But but he came for a bigger purpose. Well, yeah, I think about even the disciples. They're in that moment. They have to be like, yeah, we're with this guy. Yeah, right. yeah we're praising him, and he goes in there and drives everybody out. They're like, okay, what is going on? <laughs> yes, <laughs> they, they'll kill you for this. You know that, right? right. And Jesus is going, I know. That's the yes. point. That's, That's the exactly. Friday. Is coming, I'm supposed to do this. Right. Yeah. Anyway, mm. I just thought it was a cool point. Okay. So for this last question for this episode of this podcast, I'm interested to hear your answer because I have answered this question in my Sunday school class that I <laughs> you teach have here. A different answer. Well, I want to see if it's the same it's one. Same. <laughs> so if not, we got to compare like where we went to school when I was we'll a little that. Um, <laughs> so uh, how many people saw Jesus after that he rose from the dead? Yeah. This is a this a good is question. A, it's yeah. a great it's a great thought because it really is the tangible mm-hmm. evidence of the resurrection. Because we just mentioned a little bit ago, Paul was the last, right? That's right. Yes. Okay. So yeah. so we're talking about now tangible, meaning physical, something I can touch, a tangible mm-hmm. evidence. Remember, Thomas, yeah. I, I need I need to touch something, right. a, a tangible right. manif- mm-hmm. evidence of that. So we have several uh, places in Scripture that describe people who witnessed mm-hmm. Christ having risen from the dead. So Mark 16 talks about three women mm-hmm. who were there. Yeah. They went and got Peter and John. And, and and so you've got an early group of the three women and then Peter and John. You have two on the road to Emmaus in Luke 24. You have Paul in Acts 9, who describes himself as a physical witness mm-hmm. to, to, to Christ. And then you have, in 1 Corinthians 15, Cephas or, or, or Peter, the 12, and then 500 all at one time. So I didn't add all those up. So 500 plus 12 <laughs> right. plus 1 plus 2 plus 3, you've got, you've got really what is overwhelming mm-hmm. evidence. Yeah. Yeah. If, if there's 500 people who were witnesses to an event, it would be overwhelming that mm-hmm. that many people would verify it, and no yeah. one came back and, and recanted their story. No one right. came back and said, no, nah, I made it all up, or, right. or it was a joke. Of, of that many people who could who could tell the same story, that's overwhelming evidence of that. Yeah, good. All right, we have the same answer. So that's good. I said over oh, 500. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, good. All right, good. Yeah. Yeah. Then, so then I, I read, Criswell, I read Criswell degree Correct. is well Amen. worth it. Amen. Woo. Amen. Good. Good. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you think about it when he ascended. I mean, yeah. somebody else could have been across the field and go, "Wow, what's going on?" There's another one that, yeah. that witnessed it. That's right. Yeah. 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 And the way the text indicates the way that, at least the way that I read it, I think is that Jesus went to when he appeared to 500 others, they seem to be there in different regions also. And so it, it's possible that he is just showing himself. So, so there are multiple accounts in different areas That's right. around where he was already doing ministry that would have recognized who he was. Well, go, oh, you're, I thought you died, but mm-hmm. you're back. Awesome. Yeah. And then, right. then he tells them That's right. pretty much, you can probably speculate, conjecture that he does the same mm-hmm. thing he did with those on the road to Emmaus from the beginning to the end. This is who I've been just the whole time. Just started having a yeah. conversation. That's yeah. right. Validating yeah. their faith. Yeah. That's awesome. Can you imagine 
know. Man, you really know a lot about this. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's great. I, I saw this uh, video from the Babylon Bee. <laughs> it was about Easter. It was the other day, actually, and it said, um, oh, the guys were standing. It was the, the disciples. They were standing around a campfire, and they said, hey, so uh, the 12 of us, and they go, ooh, sorry. The 11 of us. The 11? <laughs> yeah, because they right. for a moment. I remember and there was another one. They said, okay, Jesus is dead. We got to, it was, it was a, it was them trying to, it was a play on, because the Babylon B is satire. Mm-hmm. And so the video was them doing a satire portion of what if Jesus didn't raise from the dead and wow. the disciples made it up. And so they were, they were doing this thing. And so Peter's like, hey, tell you what, we'll go get his body and we'll put it away. They're like, yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, we'll say he rose from the dead. Yeah. And then he goes, and then, hear me out, then we'll die for it, right? <laughs> and it, it, it yeah. just brings up the ludicrousy yeah. that why would they die Who for a die lie for like that? Right. Yeah. exactly yeah. right. Right. Awesome. Well, this has been just another fabulous podcast. And obviously the premise of the show, what happens like you go to church, you check the box. And as mm. we said earlier, when we started the episode, sometimes people just go to Easter, they just go to Christmas, but there truly, truly is life after Sunday. And there's Amen. life after the resurrection. Any final yeah. thoughts, Pastor? Well, I think the resurrection is the greatest evidence of our faith. But let me give you another one that is almost uh, of the same level for me. The evidence of the genuineness of our faith. You think about the difference that the resurrection of Christ made in the disciples. You think about yeah. the difference that he made in believers throughout history. Yeah. But make it even more personal. I think about the difference that Christ made in my life. Right. Mm. And and for me, it is a daily yeah. mm-hmm. evidence yeah. of, of who Jesus is. And that's the testimony that we have. You know, Christ can do what he wants, do yeah. stuff in your life. He can do stuff in your life. Right. But when you're talking to somebody, let me tell you what he did in my life. Right, yeah. yeah. Amen. Absolutely. Once again, thanks for listening and make sure that you tune in next time on Life After Sunday where He has risen. He has risen risen indeed. indeed. Amen. If what you have heard today has been helpful and encouraging to you, then please leave a review with five stars. If you'd also like to request future topics for discussion, then please email us at sfbclifeaftersunday at gmail.com. And now a word from Dr. Darren Biles, pastor of Sunnyvale First Baptist Church. Thank you for joining us for this podcast, Life After Sunday, a podcast ministry from Sunnyvale First Baptist Church. We are delighted that you have joined us today. I want to make a special invitation to you to come be our guest this coming Sunday or any Sunday at Sunnyvale First Baptist Church. Our address is 3018 North Beltline. We would be delighted for you, for your family to come worship with us. Our Sunday morning Sunday school starts at 9 o'clock. Our worship service starts at 1030. We have Sunday school for all ages. We would love to meet you, have you a part of our church family. We'll look forward to seeing you. It is my honor to serve as the pastor, and I'll look forward to seeing you at Sunnyvale First Baptist Church. Life After Sunday is a podcast brought to you by Sunnyvale First Baptist Church. I'm Ed Petty along with Aaron Allen. Thanks for listening. Have a great week and join us again next week on Life After Sunday.